ladies and gentlemen all over the world, you are tuned in to the one and the only A Difference in Thought. Here at A Difference in Thought, A Difference in Thought engages and processes recent events, culture, philosophy, public policy, and faith through the ancient art of truth-telling. Join the conversation and gain an alternative perspective with A Difference in Thought. This podcast is an in honor and homage of the work and mission of the great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Our core philosophy here is basic arithmetic teaches us that there can be no difference without subtraction. Before considering where you would like to see a difference, first consider where you are willing to take a subtraction. I'm your host, Charlie Ray, and you are tuned in to episode number 13, The Gospel of Fragility. Is social justice a core part of the gospel? Now, it may seem a little strange that I even have to ask that question, but uh, unfortunately, in the climate that we have, we have people who are actually questioning that. Now, some people may be saying, well, we're really just talking about a certain brand of that, but we're about these certain things, but we got to look deeper into their arguments you're going to start seeing, again, this concept of fragility that I talked about way back in episode number two, and what we talked about with uh, being a mirror and being a truth teller, and the common reaction of when you hold the truth to someone and and, and trying to let them know about their current state, they either will change their, uh, their, their face and their appearance, or they will act out on the mirror. Right, so they may smash the mirror, they may go in denial and say that this doesn't happen. But fragility, really, as we define it here on the podcast, is uh, fragility is an attempt by people in power to suppress or oppress voices uh, that tell them to change how they participate with the power structure. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, Uh, You know, we talked about uh, fragility having consequences, and we talked about what it looks like when the Baltimore Police Department didn't want to listen to uh, uh, people telling them that there was an injustice in their system and and how that became the uh, Gun Trace Task Force and how that kind of blew up in their face. We've talked about uh, fragility and um, how often people respond to... uh, how male patriarchy responds to uh, abuse and um, how even how the terrible events of, of the weekend at Aretha Franklin's funeral where we see a bishop clearly um, uh, 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 groping, uh, sorry, trigger warning, uh, 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 groping uh, Ariana Grande um, and referring to her as a something to eat at a menu at Taco Bell, right? And how everybody, instead of saying, oh, the bishop ought not to do that, they respond with, oh, well, she shouldn't have worn that dress, right? So there's always, there's this focus in fragility, right? So I want to talk about typically the focus of fragility. The focus of the fragility typically moves the focus from those who are acting uh, and abusing power to those who are uh, abused and acted upon and saying these are the things that they ought to do. And we talked about the, the uh, we talked about the ingredients of a false revolution, right, that, that talks about um, uh, uh, forgiveness without repentance, uh, love without justice, and all those other types of things. And so we're uh, probably going to get into a little bit into forgiveness without uh, repentance uh, 
today. And uh, so I want to I want to paint a I want to paint a picture for you, right? And so if you listen to the last episode, uh, a difference in conversation live, we were talking about I talked about the whirlpool of history that we live in, and the two things that I wanted people to to know is that we we are always in a revolution, right? We're always in a cycle that is pulling us towards something and pushing us away from something. Uh, uh, the question is, is it, pu- is, it, is it pulling us towards justice and pushing us away from inequity, or is it pushing us toward injustice and pulling us away from uh, justice and, and, uh, and equity? So, uh, over, the we- over the weekend, uh, well, I'd, I'd heard little rumblings of uh, a guy by the name of John MacArthur. He's a, a I guess a Christian radio teacher and a theologian, and I think he's uh, a teacher, or maybe even over his own seminary. But he was uh, saying that and questioning is social justice a core part of the gospel? Now he says, he starts off by saying, "Well, you know, of course I believe just equal justice under the law, and you know I did my time with John Perkins during you know marching after after Dr. King's death." Um, <laughs> I don't know if he was marching before, but anyways, um, he, uh, and he kind of talks about, well, this is really about, you know, the liberal agenda sneaking in as social justice. And so is social justice even a core part of the gospel. And so, uh, 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 that's a troubling, uh, factor to me. So I, I want you to, returning back to the cycles of the whirlpool, the question is, and minding your momentum, is what you're trying to do encouraging or discouraging um, the current cycle of inequity that we live in. And so one thing I also want to talk about too, to, to remind you all, for those who are familiar with the podcast or those who may not, when we talked about in the episode Black Careers Matter, we talked about impact versus intent and how a lot of times people talk about, uh, well, my intent, my intent is this, my intent is this. But we have to measure what is the impact of your action, regardless of what your intent is. Your intent might be, well, I just don't want uh, liberal things coming into that. But your impact will make an impact beyond what you intend sometimes. And so when we're in a climate where people are uh, resisting uh, 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 discussions on abuse of power in society, whether that's political, whether that's in church, with the Catholic, things that happen in the Catholic Church, we're talking about historic racism, uh, sexism, and historically embraced groups. Uh, when we are called to respond to those in light of the gospel, is it helpful for someone to use their platform to very broadly uh, say uh, social justice is not a core part of the gospel, or to say that uh, nothing in the gospel uh, suggests uh, somehow? Um, resisting that notion in intangible uh, terms beyond, behind, besides the spiritual, right, and, and the ethereal. Uh, and so, I was reading, uh, I was reading this uh, brother's article, and you know, he starts off saying, "Well, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, you know, marched with uh, John Perkins and." You know, I, I believe in equal justice under the law, but, you know, I don't I don't think that the, you know, the gospel uh, says that social justice is a is a core part of it. And so, like, what are we talking about when we're talking about social justice? And so he says, oh, social justice is something other than than equal justice under the law. It's, you know, 
And he says this thing, which disturbs me, which he says, oh, it's about making, it's about making victims. It's about making everybody victims. Now, you all know, I did uh, the episode on whose past matters, um, uh, truth-telling or self-victimization. And so, unfortunately, though his intents might be stated differently, he is having the same impact of saying, uh, oh, we're making people victims, we're making people victims uh, uh, by listening, right? By by listening and hearing them and, 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 and even apologizing, we are uh, making them victims, but not the people that enacted these things upon him. So that's where I have uh, some trouble with uh, John MacArthur. And then, like, in, a, in an interview, he, he, he speaks... Um, he, he speaks a uh, warning against intersectionality and saying that it essentially just makes a culture of victims. And this is, this is a, uh, interview that he did with Warren Throckmorton. Huh? Check that out. Um, and so, uh, uh, he talks about, uh, I'll just read from what he says. So uh, a person asked him, I've been keeping up with your blog post on Grace to You. You've been talking about social justice as an issue now. You said Wednesday you're going to mention what the hindrances to the gospel were entitled with. Um, and so here's here's uh, just a segue here. Here's another problem that he says. So not only does he say social justice is not a core part of the gospel, he then goes further and says not only is it not a core part of the gospel, it is a hindrance to the gospel. So social justice actually is counterintuitive to the gospel and not just a threat to it. Uh, uh, and so he says, uh, look, I, I wrote that already. Let me just give you to you in a simple form. Obviously, social justice means equity and social treatment. Social justice means equity in how you're treated socially. It's not legal justice. Okay. I mean, we believe that all people should have legal justice, justice under the law. That's never going to happen either. You got people in prison who didn't do something they were sentenced to prison for. You've got a lot of people who've been treated wrongly, even under the law. But social justice means social equity, making sure everybody gets the social equity. That's never going to happen in a fallen world in the best of circumstances. But that is not the church's concern. Let me tell you what the problem is. The mindset of just social justice is that certain people are victims. You will notice what's called intersectionality. There's an overlapping victim victimization pattern coming now. You can see it all in bold uh, relief at the recent Southern Baptist Convention. So he says, the LGBTQ people are abused, and abused people, they're abused category, so they are victims of discrimination. Women are victims of discrimination. You even have uh, Tabidi, my friend, writing an article apologizing to Beth Moore for, I don't know what, for being part of the male conspiracy against women because the women have been collectively abused. They're also victims. Then you have the racial minority issue where they have been also victims. When you bring those together, you come up with this new concept of intersectionality so that it would play out like this. If you're a woman, if you're a woman, you're part of a victim class. If you're a black woman, you're doubly part of the victim class. If you're a homosexual, lesbian, black woman, you're the most empowered human being in this culture. Empowered, okay? You have moral authority because you're in multiple victim classes, so that's what's going on. 
And then he says, you see all those, you got homosexuals, women, men, racial issues, ethnic groups, all mingled together. And now the Southern Baptist Convention is apologizing to all of the victims. This, I think, is a complete disaster for the gospel because the gospel says you are not a victim. You are a perpetrator of sin and rebellion against God. If you recategorize all those people as victims, you cut them off at the start with the gospel. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, a lot of... Uh, lot of problems here, okay? So, uh, first of all, uh, nowhere in, uh, from my recollection of social justice, is it about making people victims. Uh, a lot of times people actually would prefer to be recalled, uh, survivors. Uh, and also what I want to talk about too, when we're talking about fragility though, is when he's talking about joking about women are victims of discrimination. Uh, you even have, uh, you know, uh, a black male uh, writing an article apologizing to Beth Moore. Now, I want to talk about what Beth Moore talks about in this article before we just kind of glance uh, over this. Now, Beth Moore in her article is simply saying that, you know, now Beth Moore is a white um, conservative uh, biblical teacher who's kind of gone through these ranks, and she was kind of saying that, you know, a lot of people only selected verses of the Bible that talked about women being silent and sitting down, pretty much, uh, but refused to teach about uh, the women that uh, uh, Paul worked, Apostle Paul worked with in his ministry, that, you know, Jesus, the first words out of Jesus' mouth at the resurrection was the word woman, right? Uh, and how he empowered women and, and, and uh, 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 you know, that, women were evangelists and all these other types of things. And so she came in and started, as she got deeper into the service, started realizing that, you know, the core part of this wasn't those scriptures in the Bible, but really it was just that uh, they were continuing uh, the stream of inequity uh, and misogyny and chauvinism uh, that the that just the world, the pattern of the world and how they treat women just seeped into the church. And they decided that they were going to continue that within the stream of the church. And so she had to, uh, and then as the things of sexual abuse were coming out, uh, how she was uh, saying that, you know, this is definitely a culture that is creating problems and does not reflect the, uh, the, the equity of the kingdom of God. Not, not, not the equity of the world, but the equity of the kingdom of God. So this brother, Tabidi, uh, comes in and says, you know what, uh, Sister Beth, I read that article. And I did notice that, yeah, I have held uh, kind of this automatic notion, not based out of the Bible, just but just based out of my social uh, training, that um, my social training that I, I started to believe that, yeah, uh, women probably shouldn't be, uh, uh, be able to teach over men. And, and so he just was repenting of that and saying, hey, you know what, that's right. And also I was silent. And also two things that, Beth and to be uh, 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 touch on is the sin of silence and the sin of being complicit where you know that something is wrong and you are also uh, have guilt uh, uh, on your hands if you are just being silent and letting that walk and letting that walk through. So they said as people of power, we have been silent. 
we where we should have spoken up, and I'm repenting of that. I'm not going to be silent about that anymore from a position of power. Now, John MacArthur, and this is with the article that he's talking about, where he's saying, well, I don't know why he was apologizing. Yet, he will use the same uh, verse of Ezekiel that talks about when you when a prophet does not speak about uh, uh, speak against people that are enacting sin and injustice, that the blood is on the hands of the prophet. But it, but he only does that by saying what we ought to say to the people who are not in power. Now, so so here we have this 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 uh, kind of false dichotomy of saying that uh, social justice only speaks to victims. And so we should we should uh, speak to victims, but he says nothing about people in power. Uh, and the fact that he would go against the notion of of, of silence being uh, complicit when you're talking about silence to people in power, but then you write a whole article about how it's wrong to be silent to people who are who are victims. This is, in my opinion, uh, it seems to be more about a power dynamic and a changing demographic that he is uncomfortable with. Now, and he says in his article that he wrote a book back in the 1990s that talks about, well, I, I said back in the 90s that the that the world is, that the church is trying to bend over to please the world. And that's why they threw out and he ought uh, to quote, uh, so the organs went out, the hymnals went out, and the choirs went out, and in came the rock and roll. Now, and he says, and this was the start of it. Now, here's the thing. Here's why this is problematic. And I want to, <laughs> I want to now go into um, the segment that we like to call Do Better Baby. Now, obviously, you know, do Better Baby is going to go to John MacArthur because here's the problem here. This brother says that the world, the church started to become like the world started in the 90s when he told them, don't throw out the organs and the hymnals for rock and roll. Let me give you a little background into John MacArthur. Now, he'll, he'll probably say in the 60s that uh, he got arrested with, with Perkins because... You know, they were marching after King was assassinated. But here's something that he won't tell you that happened in the 60s. Uh, John MacArthur, uh, I guess a young John MacArthur, uh, he attended uh, Bob Jones University. Now, the problem with Bob Jones University, uh, and, and, and to be fair, I don't know why, so I'm not going to say this as a positive or a negative, he did later transfer to another school, but it doesn't say that, you know, why. Uh, but he attended Bob Jones University. <laughs> now, Bob Jones University, uh, actually, uh, in uh, 1983, uh, actually, uh, 1970, uh, there was a ruling that, uh, and I think uh, actually Nixon was doing this, Nixon was cracking down on what was called uh, segregation academies. Now, if you remember in the episode of uh, uh, when I'm talking about NIMBY, the new segregation, we talk about white flight, and we talk about resistance, and, and we talk about uh, 
the difference between anti-racist versus pro-community, where the difference is, um, do we want people to be in our community? And so we talked about Dr. King's dream being a nightmare. People, people would say, oh, yes, I love Dr. King and his dream and, you know, uh, it, content of character and not the color of your skin. But when it comes down to, okay, we're going to be your neighbors now or you have to do life with us, there has been this move of segregation. And so what happened is after massive resistance and led by Bird and, some other, and, and, and other people saying that, oh, uh, you know, we lost, you know, Brown versus Board of Education we're not going to desegregate. So what happened is a bunch of churches and a lot of religious, uh, you know, a lot of churches started what uh, the Nixon administration called these segregation academies where they said, oh, no, we are not going to have our children learning with black children. We don't not want to desegregate our schools. So we're going to, you know, take our kids out of school and send them to Christian academies. And so they were targeted by the IR. The segregation academy uh, was targeted by the IRS, um, and one of the key—and this is so sad—that one of the key patterns of knowing how uh, places were uh, segregation academies is that they often had the word Christian or church in them. And so, as they do their research, and let me give you the uh, official uh, definition of a segregation academy. Uh, that was used. Um, so uh, in uh, Green versus Connolly, a 1971 case, it set the standard by which the Internal Revenue Service identifies a segregation academy, a so-called uh, school. The IRS, uh, and it said, the IRS must deny exemption, tax exemption to schools which have been determined in adversary or administrative proceedings to be racially discriminatory or were established or expanded at or about the time the public school districts in which they are located or which they serve were desegregating desegregating, and which cannot demonstrate that they do not racially discriminate in admissions, employment, scholarships, loan programs, athletics, and extracurricular programs. Um, uh, and so... Uh, Bob Jones University, uh, and, and finally in a 1983 decision, because they 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 had consistently and so oh, oh, from 1970 to 1983, the IRS consistently said, "Hey man, look, you cannot just uh, uh, practice." And and here's the key thing: Bob Jones University didn't admit uh, black students until like 1971, and so in all these years that they, they were they were basically just being a segregation academy and under the guise of being, you know, a Christian, uh, academy and of Christian roots and all these other types of things. Uh, uh, and so, uh, finally in 1983, uh, and Thurgood Marshall was on this court, uh, uh, the Supreme court decides that no, if you're going to, uh, uh, discriminate. And so what thing they, they did is that they discriminated, uh, based on interracial marriage, right? And so a lot of people say, well, it actually was originally started by an Asian parent who didn't want their uh, their uh, child to bring home a white person. Well, the reason why it was Asian person or white person is because black people weren't allowed, that was in 1950, and, and the black people weren't allowed to be in the school until like 1970. So uh, it's not that there were a bunch of black people in the region that they didn't mind. So 
when they had to start admitting black students, they only admitted black married students and they prohibited interracial relationships. And if people were in interracial marriages, they used the Bible to say that, oh, well, God doesn't approve of the mixing of races, despite the fact that the person who wrote the biblical law, Moses, was in a, <laughs> a multi-ethnic marriage. Anyways, anyways, so they used that. And so then they would not uh, admit pretty much any black eligible bachelors for, for fear that they might intermingle within the races. And so 1983, uh, they say, uh, hey, uh, no, we're not going to have it. Uh, this is absolutely uh, not what we're going to uh, give you a tax exemption for. You can do it if you want to. We're, you know, we're not going to shut your school down, but you're not going to get a tax exemption. And while upholding something that is against public policy, while you know, pretty much ignoring Brown versus Board of Education. Now, think of how much of a terrible witness this was to the world that the church had to be taken to the Supreme Court to stop racially discriminating. Now, John MacArthur went to Bob Jones University during the 60s while they still didn't admit black people. Yet, when he's talking about in this article that the world, the church started becoming like the world when they threw out organs and hymnals, but not back in his, you know, school when they were racially discriminating against people, that's not when it started. So this is what I'm talking about here. And so then you you and so then when you're talking in your article about uh, oh well everybody's a victim and even even this pains me to say even he is mocking people in the Me Too movement who have been sexually abused. Now Jesus says you know uh, uh, woe to those uh, you know offenses will uh, you know offenses come but woe to those to whom they come and even saying that is better for someone who who has uh uh causing a, a little one to stumble better for them to have a millstone thrown around their neck and to be tossed into the sea he does not mock the people that are abused but somehow john MacArthur, under this rant against the social justice uh movement right uh while still saying well i still believe equal just under the law but here's the thing how can you as a Christian <laughs> support equal justice under the law but not re request changing how people interact socially with each other? And so this, here's, here's the crazy thing to me, right? So no, John MacArthur, we do not pursue social justice uh, to please the world. We do it to reflect heaven. Now in Colossians, uh, uh, as you, as you, as you walk through this, so Colossians talks about how Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Uh, it then goes in to say, as you get into, uh, chapter three, verse, uh, verse one, that not only is Jesus the image of the invisible God, but that the church ought to be the image of the invisible kingdom. And so apostle Paul in Colossians three, he's going to turn to it old school, y'all. Uh, it says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Right. And so I'm just going to walk this this through here. Uh, it says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. Now, why? Because if we're setting our mind on things above uh, those things, 
There's no evil desire in heaven. There's no uncleanness in in heaven. There's no idolatry in heaven, right? So so here we get it. The the, the, the you know uh, Apostle Paul is not saying uh, wait, we, hey guys, we're behind the world, so we got to catch up on these things. No, the the reason the things that we pursue and the things that we seek is because just as Jesus, it's just if we say what is God like, we look at Jesus. The world ought to say what is the kingdom of heaven like, and we all all able to look at the church. And so if the church is too busy reflecting what the earth looks like, how in the world is the world going to know what heaven looks like? And that is the motivating factor for why Christians ought to seek uh, social justice and not just laws. And also we know that if the perfect law of God could not change the hearts of man, neither can the perfect law of, can the imperfect law of man. And so beyond just changing laws, we also must be at the forefront of determining how we ought to act in this new society, this social gathering, this society called heaven. And we're not supposed to just wait till heaven to start reflecting that. So uh, in Colossians 3, it, 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 it talks about uh, putting off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Again, uh, things that are not in heaven. Not lying to one another, uh, uh, but putting on the new man who is renewed in knowledge, uh, Again, so we're, again, renewed knowledge where the new man is not being informed by the societal values of the uh, uh, of the earth, right? It is being re is renewed in knowledge of societal values and the societal structure of heaven, and we're called to reflect that just as Jesus was called to reflect God. And so fire, finally, in verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew. Where, what do you mean where? Like, uh, uh, in the image of, of God and, and in this new society in heaven where we ought to set our minds, right? There is, there is no Greek nor Jew He's saying there is no, the, uh, there is no divided. They're not divided by that, right? It's not, a, it's not a, uh, as we say, a caste system, right? Or we, as we talk about the racial caste system of America, but as we talked about in the second baptism in, in, uh, the episode, um, where we're talking about, uh, the souls of white folk in the second baptism, right? There is, there is no disparity and discrimination and separation based on Greek nor Jew, nor circumcised nor uncircumcised, nor, bar, uh, uh, nor barbarian or Scythian, not slave nor free. That's not, that's not an existence in heaven, but Christ is all and in all. So a lot of people will use this for the colorblind thing, but that's not what they're saying. It's not saying that, it's not saying that, uh, uh, God doesn't see these things, right? He's, 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 he's saying that there is no caste system of this one is valued over another. Uh, and, and, uh, clearly, uh, and it actually gets into that, uh, when it talks about, uh, slaves versus, uh, when you get into Colossians four, it talks about how then, how does this reflect? How do these, this, this earthly mindset manifest itself on earth? Then it talks about how a husband ought to treat their wife, um, uh, how parents ought to treat their children, how bond ser servants ought to meet them. And so a lot of people say, oh, see, he's talking about slavery. He's endorsing slavery. But here's something that people don't talk about. Apostle Paul wrote this in prison. He, brought, he wrote this and he wrote Philemon in prison. He sent them out at the same time. Who in the world did he send uh, to deliver the letters of Philemon and Colossians where he's talking about slave relationships. He sends someone named Tychicus and, I probably might have butchered his name, okay, and 
Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was someone who ran away from his slave master, uh, Philemon, and received the gospel from, from Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul, unlike the people in Virginia who said, oh, well, once you're baptized, always a slave, a slave. He says, no, in, in light of this call that we ought to reflect heaven, he sends Onesimus uh, back to Philemon 1 because he stole and says, hey, you know, you got to admit you're wrong there. Uh, but he tells Philemon, who society or is by or in the flesh, as he says, a, a master in the flesh, right? He says, receive Onesimus, not as a slave, but higher as a brother, which he is saying by the very person he sends to send this message, he is sending the message. If we are to reflect heaven, Onesimus socially cannot be treated as a slave if we are reflecting heaven, right? And so here's the thing. He even says, look, he, even, he says in Philemon, uh, uh, he, he tells him, yo, like now on the authority of Christ, I could just straight up say, I could just straight up say, nah, he ain't your slave no more, player. But, <laughs> Phil, you ain't getting your money, right? Um, uh, no, you're not about to enslave this dude. He said, I could do that. And my authority in Christ, I could just say, now nah, you ain't finna have him as a slave. But I'm sending him back um, and hoping that you'll do the right thing in love, right? And so when we talk about laws, right? Oh, laws. Oh, well, yeah, okay, I believe it in, 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 in the law level, which John MacArthur is saying, yeah, I believe in social justice as a law, but I don't believe it in, like, social equity and things like that. Well, well here... Uh, the society is based on uh, love, uh, right? Uh, and so he's saying, okay, like I could just whack, you know, say, well, well, you know, legally by my authority in Christ, he's free. But I want you to do more than that because just because you set him free doesn't mean that you made him your brother. So he's again, he's he's calling higher and saying, okay, by my authority in Christ, he ain't your slave. But I'm asking you. To go further than just what the legal law says, I'm asking you to actually fight and to make sure he is treated as a brother and treated as me. And so, and why is Apostle Paul doing this? Because just as Jesus is a reflection of God, we are a reflection of the kingdom of heaven. And what I want people to come to the church of Colossians, what I want people to see is that Onesimus isn't owned by Philemon anymore. <laughs> Right. And so and Apostle Paul isn't doing this and saying, oh, well, you know, Greek people don't really have slaves anymore. And that's so behind like, oh, gosh, we're so behind the times, guys. When are we going to set Onesimus free? Right. That's not what he's saying. He's saying by my authority in Christ, I can tell you to stop. But above that, what a greater reflection of heaven is not just, well, you know, I, in my heart, I really want to enslave and oppress Onesimus, but I can't because of Christ. Right. What a greater reflection of then say, well, no. I want to do I want to do this because I know as a Christian when I re become uh, and, and respond to the gospel is not just about my relationship that doesn't just change my relationship with God it also changes my relationship uh, uh, with my brothers and my sisters in Christ and we ought to reflect this heaven 
heavenly society where we're not separated by our race and we're not separated by our class and we're not separated by uh, 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 all these other things that the world is divided by. That's why we practice social justice. But to say that the gospel has no requirement for us to change how we engaged with historically oppressed uh, 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 uh people and brothers and sisters in Christ that has no requirement of that it's just not it's just not true and at best theologically lazy because he his core verse that he's going from is uh, uh, is Ezekiel uh, 18 and he's talking about well it's individual sin and you know nobody 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 dies because of the sin of Adam though uh, Romans uh Romans, I believe, uh, five might have a little bit of something to, to, to that, that that's not quite as clear cut. Uh, uh, and so, uh, he is, his whole point is, well, it's about individual sin. It's about individual sin. And why am I going to let somebody be a victim and say, uh, 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 that, hey, man, you need to stop worrying about this, uh, what other people have done to you. You need to worry about your sin. My question is, why are we only having the conversation to the uh, victim and not the person perpetrating the violence against them? And, no, and so notice, when I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, I talked about the focus of fragility. Now, if John MacArthur wants to be out here and saying that, yo, as Christians, we got to make sure that we're uh, uh, making sure people know when they are wrong. And when they violated the principles of heaven that we're supposed to reflect, yo, I'm cool with that as long as we do not have a separate message for people that are acted upon, but we have a separate message for those that are actors, right? Jesus did both, right? When you see him uh, stopping uh, the stoning of the woman who's caught in adultery, he talks about the sin of the people who are trying to, you know, stone her and say, like, yo, if y'all don't have sin, you know, cast the first stone. And everybody's like, oh, man, I got sin. So he's like, I don't, hey, well, look, I don't condemn you to, to death, but also I got to tell you, baby girl, <laughs> you got to stop, you got to stop, you got to stop sinning, right? You you can't continue in this path, though, like, it's the model of, um, uh, repentance for both and also just theologically um well first of all let me go let me go to Ezekiel 18 to tell me tell you what brother John did not read <laughs> so if you go to Ezekiel 18 I'm doing this old school y'all I actually have my bible out man I'm, I'm, I'm out here doing sword drills now <laughs> um uh and he's he he reads uh for behold all my souls are uh, behold all souls are mine the soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine the soul who sins shall die Right. Um, and so he wants to uh, just stop there. Right. Uh, but the verse goes on and not just talking about, you know, sin and what it does spiritually, but also talking about sin uh, uh, that happens within the social parameters of 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 Earth. Um, verse seven, if it talks about uh, if he is not oppressed anyone but has restored to the debtor his pledge has robbed no one by violence again when we're talking about uh uh should a christian love america and when we're talking about uh mike pence or michael's priest in that episode where we talked about 
America is founded and, and being robbed of people of violence, how can we be called a Christian nation, right? But nowhere in this social justice uh, thing does uh, John MacArthur talk about this. He wants to talk about individual sin. And a um, uh, good friend of mine, David Bailey, when he talks about in race class in the kingdom of God, he talks about this evangelical aversion to corporate sin. Everyone wants to talk about individual sin and talk focus on individuals, but there's this aversion to talking about corporate sin or even sins uh, of how we are complicit or how we main, or as I say, how we contribute momentum to the current streams of, of, in, of inequity, right? Um, and so he talks about if he has not exacted... Uh, the start of the scriptures talk about if he has, uh, um, if he has not oppressed anyone, right? If he has restored that, if he has robbed no one by violence, if he has given his bread to the hungry, covered the naked with clothing, uh, if he has not exacted uh, user interest nor taken any increase, but has withdrawn his hand, but has withdrawn his hand from iniquity and ex executed true justice between man and man. So here's the problem that I have with John MacArthur's uh, use of this verse. Uh, now, verse 9, right? If he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he is just, he shall surely live. Okay, so that's man and God. You're skipping over verse 8 that talks about executing true judgment between man and man. So when my problem is when... <sighs> Typically, white, conservative, evangelical people talk about conservative justice, talk about social justice, right? They want to talk about individuals. Again, the focus of fragility. Say it with me. The focus of fragility. So when we're talking about this gospel of fragility, the focus is, well, you sinned against God. Like, yes, you have sinned against God, but also... Why did God create the law, right? He tell you, yes, he created the law to let us know in need of our salvation, but he also says don't murder because he doesn't want people to be murdered, right? <laughs> right? Like, it's also to, to, it is also God's law of saying, yes, one, it has to do about my, God's holiness and God's standard of, 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 of holiness, but it also talks about God's standard of how we ought to relate to each other, or as Dr. King talked about, God's guidelines for a constructive church, right? How we ought to live, or as Apostle Paul says in Colossians, which he sent by the hands of a formerly owned slave that he set free, not by the law of the land or the law of society, but by the law and the authority of Christ. He says, this is how we ought to reflect heaven. Uh, and so then he talks about, yeah, it's no, no sins are generational, right? Um, uh, uh, and so uh, verse 14, it says, If however he begets a son who sees all the sins which his father has done and considers, but does not do likewise, who has not eaten on the mountains, who has not defiled his eyes, nor defiled his neighbor's whites, has not oppressed anyone, nor withheld a pledge, nor robbed by violence, but has given his bread to the hungry and covered the naked with clothing, again, person to person, who has withdrawn his hand from the poor and not received usury or increase, but has executed my judgments and walked in my statutes. He shall not die for the iniquity of his father. He shall surely live. 
Um, and so the key part here is, has the son decided, or daughter, or offspring decided, in light of what my past generations have done, I'm not going to continue in that cycle of inequity, right? That's when it's saying it's not generational, right? But what happens when a generation decides, nah, fam, uh, I like what my parents did. I like how I'm living off of what my parents did. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to withdraw my hand. I'm not going to do anything to uh, uh, correct that. I'm not going to uh, repent or change. Uh, then that's a completely... Uh, that's a completely different situation. And actually, it's talked about that. Uh, Jesus actually talks about this. And also, one thing that I want to bring out, too, when people talk about corporate sin, people, you got to look at the story of Achan, right? So his, his whole premise is, well, nobody's died for somebody else's sins. Nowhere in the Bible. Okay, John, let me tell you something. The story of Achan and... The story of Achan in, jo in, in the book of Joshua, uh, Israel was commanded, yo, if you're taking over this land, do not take any of the gold that they have or, my, you know, do not take any of the gold that they, that they have. So Joshua spreads the word, tells everybody, yo, after the war, don't touch any of the gold. So everybody complies except for one person, Achan. The Bible does not say, and God's anger burned against Achan. No, it says, and God's anger burned against all of Israel. To the fact that the next time that they were in battle, they lost terribly. People who complied <laughs> with God's command lost terribly because one person in their nation did not comply. Uh, this is this is the uh, story in Romans 5 where it talks about uh, Adam, uh, how sin passed through all through Adam, right? So so no, John, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Uh, there are people who were innocent who died because of the sins of uh of one, so it's 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 just again, it's this lazy theology, and again, the focus of the gospel of fragility is only we can only talk about God, the relationship of sin between God and man. What about the relationship of sin between man and man, brother and brother, sister and sister? And now I thought of the song, sister, sister. <laughs> but uh, uh. No, that is that is that is that is not uh, that is not the case, and and you see the fruits of this of this gospel, where everyone tells their victims to get right, but not the people who are perpetrating this. This is how you have, this is how you have slaveholder religion, where uh, it's all about the slaves being good slaves so that God can reward them in the next life but it says nothing to the slaveholder and so this is what I've said it uh I think I said it uh, I might I might have said it online but I haven't said it officially here so let me say it officially here 
I care nothing for a gospel in quotations that tells the slave to have stop having a slave mentality, but fails to tell the slaveholder to stop having a slaveholder mentality. Okay? Because it is both. Anything less is less than the truth. If you tell slaveholders stop having a slaveholder mentality, that's great, but we also have to help people recover from what slavery has done to them mentally. We also, but we definitely can't have <laughs> a call for slave mentality, slaves to stop having a slave mentality without uh, creating social structures that keep them, that keep slaveholders from, and people who hold that mentality and oppressors from acting out on their worst impulses. Uh, and, and another uncomfortable thing is that in, in John MacArthur's, uh, one of his things on social justice, he talks about Romans 13, which again, we talked about the, the struggle with that. And again, leaving out what love, love does no harm to a neighbor, right? Uh, and so now I'm going to get to the heart of it here. Did Jesus, and then he says, Jesus never said anything about this form of like justice or he didn't oppose even Jewish people which which, which is untrue and we're we're just going to get to it okay and so uh if you had don't know by now this is definitely a reverend king episode right um and by the way he also says that man how did we start liking Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. he was in a uh you know he lived his life immorally and he had bad doctrine and uh all these other things yet you won't talk about Calvin, who, uh, what was the guy's name, uh, 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 Servetus, uh, he had a, a heretic, um, you know, he wrote a letter under his, you know, moniker uh, Espaville or whatever, uh, and said, oh man, this heretic's uh, in my town, and I, I can't advise you letting him leave alive, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, and so the guy was burned at the stake, but, you know, Calvin only requested that they be beheaded and you know it's so sad to see people defend them and say well it was inevitable he couldn't have done that i mean he could have said like how about according to the gospel that we all claim to withhold that you know we shouldn't be murdering people right <laughs> uh none of that happens but apparently calvin gets a pass but oh not 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 dr king uh <laughs> uh Obviously, the moral of the story is that no one should get a pass. Everyone should be held. Uh, it, uh, uh, just because you've gone through things does not mean that you cannot exact, exact pain on other people, which is which is strange that he would hate intersectionality because of that. Now, now there is a loaded term, and there's a lot of other things that come along with intersectionality, and so it's important to note what all those things are. But one of the things that I appreciate with intersectionality, not saying that I agree with all of those things is that when you, it, it is a process of understanding that just because you are, you've suffered doesn't mean that you cannot also pass on suffering, right? Uh, uh, just because an African American male has suffered uh, uh, racism doesn't mean that he cannot be a partaker of, of sexism, of perpetuating sexism, right? Which was the whole beauty of uh, uh, 
the the exchange between uh, uh, Tabidi and Beth Moore is, is that Beth Moore was saying, yes, I've been complicit in racism, and Brother T- Tahiti saying, yes, I've been complicit in sexism. How can we come together and repent and hold each other accountable to make sure we're reflecting the values of 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 heaven, right? But it's so I don't know. It's so weird. It's like man, I, I, maybe he's just uh, running in circles where he hasn't been able to think this through. Uh, a little bit more, but nevertheless, we're going to talk about how does how does how does uh, Jesus kind of talk about this? And so, I know a lot of times when we talk about social justice, a lot of people flip to Matthew. Uh, is that twenty five? Is twenty five the Sermon on the Mount? I think people go to Matthew twenty five and uh, the parables of the sheep and the goats and things like that. But uh, since we're talking about uh, since we're talking about um, um, since we're talking about the focus of fragility here, I want to talk about how did Jesus talk to those in power? Now, if you turn to Matthew twenty-three, um, this is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Jesus was having a uh, a, a rough day, but um, or maybe he just knew that the the end was near. But Jesus lets the Pharisees have it. Now you know already from the jump, straight out of Nazareth, <laughs> when I talked about racism versus anti-racism in the episode. Yeah, in the episode racism versus anti-racism, I talk about Jesus flipping over the tables, where he's saying not only did Jesus not like corruption, he was also anti-corruption, where he's saying he didn't just walk by the tables and say, oh man, they ought not be selling all this gold in front of the temple, Uh, you know, by and by when the morning comes, this will be sorted out in heaven and low offenses must come. Now he flipped over them tables and he took them whips and he drove them out and said, this temple about to reflect heaven real right quick. <laughs> you gonna learn today? Uh, but no, Matthew twenty three. He is talking about the Pharisees here, and so, um, and, and so a lot of people like to focus and says, but in verse three he says, you know, observe what they do, but he also says, but don't he say, observe what they say because obviously he's not upholding the Pharisees, right? He's saying, observe what they say. Why? Because they sit in the seat of Moses. Who gave Moses the law? God gave Moses the law. And so he's saying, okay, yes, they are operating under divine law, but they are acting like devils, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it, one thing that I, I, I said um, uh, earlier, uh, not on this podcast, though, is that it bears little fruit to do the work of God in the devil's way. Say it again. It bears little fruit to do the works of God in the devil's way. So, uh, this is where Jesus uh, just is uh, going in. So, uh, he talks about Matthew. So, here is where um, Jesus is having his 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 woes. Uh, riding through the city and I'm selling with my woes. No. <laughs> but no, he, different type of woe. And he says... Uh, 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 do not do according to the works of the Pharisees, 
uh, for they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And so as I'm reading this, what I want you to focus on is, yes, Jesus did say, go and sin no more to people. He had, he did tell people that, uh, you know, just because you suffer does not mean that you do not have sin. But he also says, just because you sit in seats of power, in this case, Moses' seat, doesn't mean that you don't sin. So the, the, the true gospel uh, uh, t- talks to the, talks, is able to have a wider focus, right? Because we also have to talk about, right? We have to talk about uh, people that do the outer work of social justice, but don't do the inner work, right? Uh, so you have people who are outwardly preaching justice, but inwardly practicing injustice, right? We talked about people who, you know, were, uh, might have talked about civil rights, but practiced infidelity, practiced, uh, 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 abuse, right? Uh, uh, practice all sorts of things, uh, that were, uh, personal injustices, but they lived lives talking about public injustice and failed to, and some, some repenting, some, some, some not, but I'm saying it has to be, it has to be doing the inner work that maximizes the outer work, right? Uh, and so here, here, Jesus, he has a focus that isn't just the focus of fragility, but is, 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 is the focus of making things right. And so, Matthew 23. Uh, Matthew 23. Uh, and so uh, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, verse 13, uh, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So here, it's the same thing. Access, 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 access. Same reason Jesus flipped over the table. Saying like, yo, man, y'all are making this about money when it should be about prayer. You're in seats of power, but you still have sin. And and you can't say, you can't set up this conversation of justice to only be about uh, people that are acted upon while leaving out those who are the actors of injustice. Um, and so he goes through, he says, well, you scribes uh, uh, hypocrites. You devour widows' houses. So... Again, in James, this is this is the same thing in James about true religion. Uh, uh, looking out for widows and orphans and keeping yourself undefiled by the world. So again, James, James, this is the same thing that James, the uh, half-brother of Jesus, talks about. Uh, it's not just about the outer works. Good, yes, do that, but also keep yourself undefiled. Um, uh, and so, uh, woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by gold of the temple... Hey, he's obliged to perform it. And so uh, he's, he's talking about people that are, are uh, pimping the faith for profit, essentially. Uh, and he says, fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? Um, and so he's saying it's not about, it's not about gold and, and profit. It's about, it's about, uh, it's about God. And it's about, it's about holiness. Uh, and so he's 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 just going down these lists of woes and just these lists of, of woes. And here's where I want to focus on Matthew 23, 23. He gets down to it. 
He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. And here we go. And have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. And so he's talking about, he's talking about uh, this balance, right? Uh, so he's, 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 he's talking about, uh, yes, you sit in Moses' seat. That's right. That's right. And I'm not saying you don't have to do the things required of you. But what I am saying is you've, what, you've left out the most important parts of the law, right? Justice, mercy, faith. So you're out here oppressing poor people, right? Oppressing the victims, but you're not having any say about the people who sit in the seats of power, which happen to be yourselves, right? Uh, and so, uh, and then, he, then in 25, he he, he, um, he rebukes them of extortion. Uh, he, t he he rebukes them about lawlessness, right? Uh, and then in 2331, uh, when we're talking about generational sin, uh, he then says, uh, you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, broads, of vipers. How can you escape the condemnation of hell? Well, good gracious. Uh, therefore, indeed, <laughs> I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth. Uh, and, he's, and then here he talks about the blood of righteous Abel. Now listen, Abel was born way before these people were. The blood of Zechariah, born way before these people were. Whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Surely I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. So here's the thing. John MacArthur, when you're talking about, well, nobody's bashed for someone else's generations. In that same verse that you quote, Ezekiel 18 the way that it doesn't pass on from a generation is that you got to remove your hand from the sin of those in power, right? Whether it's personal sin, whether it's uh, uh, the sin of, of, of the power and the corporate and of the society, you have to remove your hand from it, right? Blood is, blood is crying out, right? <laughs> right? God doesn't stop hearing things after they're, after the dead. And so here's one of the very disturbing things that I found, and probably maybe one of the most disturbing, uh, probably one of the most disturbing things that I saw. Let me pull it up. Uh, is that this brother, this brother was out here talking about and this is what I where I said like the the impact of it is 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 very close to um it's very close to uh dare I say slaveholder religion where he's talking about all right John why specifically are you saying that it's bad for that it's 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 bad for the uh gospel what about social justice is bad for the gospel what about social justice is this great hindrance that you want to warn us about and john MacArthur said well i gotta i gotta calm myself down 
He says, is it our duty to affirm that people are victims of the sins of somebody else? You know where that leads? They're going to blame God. And if they blame God for their condition, how are they going to go to God because they think he's merciful? You acknowledge that somebody got a bad deal in history. You've indicted God because he's the author of history. That's a slippery slope. What is this part of the gospel? Certainly not. Absolutely not. The gospel says whatever your condition in the world, however you've been treated, whatever's gone wrong is a small issue compared to your own sin. Uh, no. Uh, the gospel says it is an equal issue. The wrong that was done to you and the wrong, correcting the wrong that was done to you and correcting the wrong that you perpetuate in your personal life are equally addressed by the gospel. Not one smaller than the other. And he is a very, very thing. So when he says, you acknowledge that somebody got a bad deal in history, you've indicted God. No, we don't indict God. We indict people in power. <laughs> we indict people in power. Uh, uh, even Jesus even Jesus has uh, this understanding. Matthew 23, 37. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Right? Prophets were, were being sent to the people in power there. He says, How often I wanted to gather your children together like hens and, and her chicklets, but you were not willing. Listen, he says, I wanted to, but you were not willing. So for the killing of the prophets, who is Jesus indicting? Is Jesus rolling up and saying, "Yo, man, I really liked, uh, I really liked the prophets, bro," but that was God, bro. You know, it was all God's plan. Anyway, no, <laughs> sorry, lots of Drake references. Uh, no, he doesn't say God's plan, bro. He says, "I wanted you were not willing. You killed the prophets." You did this wickedness. And so the problem that I have, and again, the focus of fragility in this gospel fragility that I'm talking about is John MacArthur's out here saying, yo, if, if we affirm that these people were sinned against because it happened in the past and because it happened throughout history, we'd be indicting God because he's the author of history. No, you'd be indicting the people in power that sinned against these people. And they were the author of that. God wanted something differently, but the people in power were not willing to do those things. This is the whole thing with Saul, God regretting putting Saul in power. If whatever Saul did, you know, Samuel didn't say, well, whatever Saul did in the past, God approved it. No, God regretted it. How can you regret something that you, that you... <laughs> Regret the actions of someone if you were the one that orchestrated those actions. Not the case. And so the reason why I said uh, 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 that this, is, this has the same impact of slaveholder religion is that it's saying whatever a person in power does to you, as soon as it becomes history... It is endorsed by God. And so this is just the doctrine of discovery in reverse, y'all. Doctrine of discovery said, yo, is you can do whatever you want to these people, to uh to uh Native Americans, the people that occupy this land. You can do whatever you want to them because on the front end, God approves. 
This is just Dragon Seven in reverse. It's saying whatever happens to oppressed people, hey man, it's history. It's what God ordained. This is unacceptable. This is similar to slaveholder religion. And this is the gospel of fragility. And it needs to stop. We have uh, story, uh, continuing stories of, of the Catholic Church hiding those people in power who were abusing, sexually abusing children. We have people in Bill Hybels Church coming out talking about how they were sexually harassed. Right? Uh, uh, we, we, we see footage of of a bishop uh, 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 sexually assaulting Ariana Grande at a, at at the funeral of <laughs> Aretha Franklin, who was who who was about uh, respect for women, right, and equality for women. We have a history of slavery, a history of segregation at at Bob Jones University, even a history of 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 discrimination under the cause of Christ to the fact that. The, the, the name of God was blasphemed among our country because the IRS, the easiest way for them to find people discriminating is the first search people that were using the name of Christ. How is John MacArthur's gospel of fragility going to prevent that from happening in the future? How is the focus of fragility only being on those acted upon and not the actors going to help us reflect heaven as we are admonished to in Colossians chapter 3. How is that going to prevent us from, as Jesus said, neglecting the weightier matters of the law of justice, mercy, and faith? How is excluding people in power from the inner work (laughs) of justice going to somehow result in the kingdom of heaven coming to earth or at least us reflecting what heaven should look like so no john MacArthur, now we ain't down for the cause cuz and it's so sad because now you'll see people who are taking this just googling what he said and then enabling all these other people who are uh 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 preaching racism are now trying to shroud themselves under this false covering that John MacArthur gave them saying, yeah, yeah, John MacArthur's right. I'm tired of hearing about this racial reconciliation and uh, offended and triggered and da 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 Like, no. <laughs> woe to those who offenses come through, not woe to those who are offended. Now, you do hear Jesus saying, like, blesses he was not offended because of me to John the Baptist, because John the Baptist <laughs> was thinking that the gospel was solely about him and his, you know, and his personal position. But this gospel of fragility of woe to the offended while leaving out woe to those through whom the offenses must come. Uh, nah, fam, that's not the gospel. And that's a greater threat. The gospel of fragility, trust me, the, the gospel of fragility is way more of a threat to the gospel than social justice. You could put me on record for that. (laughs) 
but hey, um, I'm sure uh, this has been a lot of time, but I just had to respond, y'all, and really just ask, man, what are we doing? Why are we out here reflecting the, the reflecting uh, just the cycle of inequity that our country and our world is already in? We are called to not conform to the pattern of this world, not to create a false theology for the pattern of this world to justify to justify it. If 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 the salt of the earth loses its saltiness, what is our use here? If we cannot rebuke those who are oppressing people and doing it in the name of God. And that's the whole thing, too, that I had a problem with John MacArthur. He's saying that's the way of the world. Nah, fam, these aren't worldly people that are doing this. Same thing with Jerry Falwell. Uh, when when he, his, he, he, his uh, Liberty Christian Academy was also founded as a, found to be a segregation academy as well. And, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's just so funny that as soon as we start advocating for a certain group of people, typically non-white people, all of a sudden, no, we're not supposed to do that. And, and you know, um, so funny that Jerry Falwell Sr. will say, like, I think that getting into politics is a lie of the devil because it keeps Christians from running the country. But when we're, but uh, people of the like of Bob Jones and things like that, when the, when the Supreme Court had to tell them, <laughs> that they're going to lose their tax exemption status. They said, oh, they're evil judges and a woman. It's literally, he says, evil judges and a woman uh, uh, have done this, and it's a sad time in our nation. Fam, you shouldn't have... Your gospel of fragility kept you from hearing the true gospel and and and, and Colossians and, and, and Jesus telling us what the weightier matters of the law are. But because you were too tuned into the gospel of fragility, you couldn't hear. Jesus says this all the time. He who has an ear, let him hear. And fragility blocks the ear of the listener from hearing the true uh, gospel and call to Jesus to reflect what is above and not what is on earth. Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to recognize what is God's good, perfect, and acceptable will? We live, sadly, in a time where the church cannot recognize what's God's good, perfect, and acceptable will because they are already conformed and their ears are clogged with fragility. Nobody wants to hear about their sin. That's why Jesus said, you're going to be persecuted. The goal is not to say, hey, don't worry about these people's sin. Worry about your sin. No, it, it is the focus of Jesus being able to say, as he says, I believe Luke, where he says, take heed of yourself. And if your brother sins against him, you rebuke him. And if he repents, then forgive him. And as long as he is repenting and moving towards that, keep forgiving 70 times seven, because don't forget that you have been forgiven uh, and, and, and taking in mind the reality of heaven. And, and that's that's what Colossians uh, Colossians four then gets into. It talks about slave owners. Don't be out here, you know, acting stupid because society says you own this person know that you have a master in heaven and he has no part partiality right again educating people not to get caught up in the patterns of this world but to repent which actually means think differently or have a difference in thought on this so i just had to 
say that and just give people a case for how what we do is informed by the gospel when we are seeking uh, reflecting uh, 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 heaven on earth through our pursuit of what is above, which is no distinctions based on race, based on class, based on gender and all these other types of things. Uh, we are doing the work of heaven, not the work of the world, not the work of a liberal agenda, uh, not the work of a conservative agenda, though I wish their agenda included some of that. <laughs> uh, more of that. Sorry, that's not fair. Uh, no, we're just doing the work of the gospel, man. So that's uh, that's the episode. Um, uh, this is A Difference in Thought. I'm your host, Charlie Ray. Uh, you can email me if you want. And also, I want to hit you all for those who are in the Richmond region. September 13th and 14th, uh, through my job, I'm having a... Uh, summit. We're having a summit. We're having uh, Lisa Sharon Harper, uh, Michael Mata, Diane Johnson, Dr. Corey Walker uh, 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 from Virginia Union coming in to talk about more than words, embracing the truth and disrupting the cycle. Because a lot of times, and not 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 faint of what John MacArthur illustrated in his article, people have kind words and nice things, but they don't actually have plans to disrupt the cycle or change the power structure, right? You can say nice things, but not touch the power structure or disrupt the cycle. So it's a time where we're coming together to embrace the truth about the history of Richmond and sadly the complicitness of Christian churches in Richmond, but also the history of resistance in churches that follow in the pattern of Jesus who came to those who sat in seats of power and said, woe to you, Right? Uh, and then also coming together to build a more equitable society, which is really just the kingdom of heaven, or as Dr. King called the uh, beloved community, uh, 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 or as the body of Christ, as uh, uh, Apostle Paul would 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 speak of. And so we're, we're getting together to talk about that and talking about what has uh, racism and uh, the Richmond's history of white supremacy uh, meant for people's families, people's communities. And when I'm talk, when I'm going out here and, and, and trying to bring just people of faith together, I see the damage of this gospel of fragility, what it has done to brothers and sisters in Christ together. So when I'm talking from this, guys, I'm not talking from a philosophical and debate. My, my job here isn't to have a hot take on John MacArthur. It is to protect the gospel against this false gospel of fragility uh, that does more harm to the gospel. It's so sad when you hear uh, uh, people historically like Malcolm X and James Baldwin saying that I don't, I don't know if the churches hate me, but I know that I don't know, you know, if their white God hates me, but I know that they don't want me in their white churches. And and uh, Malcolm X talking about their two gospels that they preach for the white person. It's the gospel of the here and now, but for the black people, it's the gospel of the by and by. And so I want nothing to do with a gospel that tells a white brother that he can have his his heaven here and now and tells me I can have my heaven in the by and by. And, and can you imagine if they were approached with a pure form of the gospel, what this world would look like? When I say fragility has consequences, I'm telling the truth, y'all. Fragility has consequences that... Uh, inhibit us from reflecting heaven as Colossians tells us to do. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give a lesson after a lesson. <laughs>
thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe. If you got if you got questions or you saying, hey man, I think you got it wrong. I think that was unfair. You let me know. I want to correct that. I don't want to be unfair. I don't want to be you know uh, 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 dogging people out in these streets. So send me an email at a difference in thought at gmail.com if this helps you. If you disagree, if you think oh, I'm not right, um, let me know and I'll correct it on the record, yo. I'm trying to keep it real here. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Charlie Ray. This has been episode number 13. The Gospel of Fidelity is social justice, a core part of the gospel. Thank you for listening. I love you. I love you. That's why I'm here. Peace.